0: Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Glad to be with you today. My name is uh, Marcus Lohan. I'm the community pastor here. And uh, for our visitors, uh, we want to welcome you and uh, tell you you are in the right place this morning. I just got back, uh, as many of you know, from Kenya. And so I've been asked to talk a little bit more uh, here and there about some of the things that were going on. And one of the things that really impressed me as we went, uh, as, as you know, we're, we are there to train Uh, to equip, to mentor, to put in place pastors uh, who are part of a great movement of God in East Africa, a great church planting movement where uh, there are just churches that are being planted left and right. People are coming to faith. Uh, New areas are being reached. And so the gospel really is going out. But as we've talked about before, it's with guys who don't really know much about the gospel. They don't know ...their Bible. They don't know what it is to practice their faith. And so we are there to, to, to help them with that, to give them some encouragement. They have not been discipled for the most part. And so our, our goal is to come in and disciple them, provide discipleship resources... ...to bring in other pastors, some older pastors from the region and help disciple them along. And we're seeing this phenomenal success. And so a lot of the stories you're going to hear are about these pastors and the churches and what's happening. But this time I was particularly impressed... ...and got to spend a little bit more in the same circles as the pastor's wives. They happened just to be around more. And you can imagine the life of a pastor's wife is is a fairly difficult one. Uh, It it is taking care of a household and maybe another job... ...but also interacting uh, with the church as a whole... ...taking care of their husbands... uh, ...who are also oftentimes in pretty stressful situations. And so uh, here are these women who uh, live a difficult life. It's very difficult to be a Samburu, a Turkana, uh, a wife at, at all, uh, but also to be married to a pastor of a church who gets very little or no resources from his church, but yet is expected to provide for his family. And so i got to be in the same circles uh, with some of these ladies and, and for their husbands to talk about them. And as we were talking with Pastor Simon, who's a a normal name around us, Pastor Simon's our main guy in Archer's Post, and as we were with his family, he was gone doing something, we were remarking how much time he sends away from home. So sometimes he'll be gone for three or four weeks, he'll be traveling, doing uh, evangelism, he'll be uh, helping some churches that are being planted even further north or further west, And so he is really looked upon in that region as a kind of cardinal or bishop or this this great man of God who is encouraging, bringing resources, teaching, he's checking up, he's he's really the person, the fuel behind the whole church planning movement that's happening in the north. Incredible guy. But he's gone a lot. And so as Brothers in Christ, we're like checking on home. Like, how's he doing? <laughs> uh, he's not here very much, and even his church says, you know, he's never here, but we know what he's doing, you know. And so they have different pastors to come in and help preach at that church. And so we were talking with this, his wife Rose. Uh, and we said, like, Rose, how's he doing? We want to check up on him. <laughs> well, he's not in the room. You tell us, how's he doing? She said. We gave him to Jesus a long time ago. And we, we imagine it is better to be faithful to God in hard circumstances than have him here and be unfaithful. You're like, all right, girl, go ahead. <laughs> it's pretty powerful. And then there's, there's another a young guy named Barnabas. I say young guy. He's, he's mid-30s. I'm getting pretty old. And, and Barnabas, uh, we saw him this time. We, I asked him how school was because he's a headmaster at a school. He said, "I'm not there anymore." It's like, oh, what happened? He said, well, "It goes like this. I gave up the school because God is placing missions and ministry so heavy on my heart. I just, I have to do this. And it, it, this is not a snap decision." He said, "I, I went to my wife." Um, about three years ago, and I said, "Listen, honey, I, I know this is hard for you to receive, but I believe that God's calling me into in missions, and I may not be able to have a, this, which is a good job—the headmaster of a school. I may not be able to do that." And she said, "Okay." I said, "Are you sure? Because that's going to be difficult on our budget at the house." Yes, I think we should do that. Okay. He said, throughout the years, I've been going back and I saying, I think this is the time, and, and, and I get the same response. He said, so, so a month ago, I went to her and I said, listen, honey, I really feel like God is saying that maybe we should, we, we should step away from this and go into full-time ministry and, and just trust God, even though it's going to be hard on our finances. She looked at him and said, I've told you five times. Don't ask me again. And so he was faithful. And she was faithful. Today we're talking about the faithfulness of God. You know, when, when Wendy and I had been just married a few years, I, I was ready to give her the missionary talk. And I don't know if you know about the missionary talk, but we had some little ones. And so I sat down with her, and I'd been thinking about this and praying about it. I knew it was going to be emotional, heavy kind of thing. And so I said, listen, Wendy, you know that God has called us to missions, to do, to do something, and that I don't know where that's going to lead us. But you know, I may go away sometime and not come back. So what I anticipate is maybe some tears, a sweet hug. And she said, oh, I know. <laughs> Glad you're taking it well. I mean, I may not come back. Oh, I know. I mean, you just had the kids by yourself. There would be none of me anymore. I'm aware of that. The faithfulness of God, right? Today, as we look at the fruits of the Spirit, we are on faithfulness. What does it mean that the Spirit of God lives within us and he accomplishes us, in, in us something called faithfulness? Last week, if you were here with us, we looked at this, the Old Testament, and we saw the story throughout the Old Testament of of God's promises to his people, and his people not, not clinging, and his people not being faithful to God's promises. Our scripture, one of the scriptures I want us to see today is Deuteronomy 7, 9. Deuteronomy 7, 9. It says this, know, therefore that the Lord your God is God, is God, the faithful God. In other words, God is faithful. The faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. God is known as a God who is faithful. Faithful. And if you were in Sunday school this morning and you were uh, in the study with us through the gospel project, we heard from Abraham to God uh, today. As God comes to Abraham and he promises him that he will make him a great nation, even though he doesn't have any children, he promises him land, even though he's a wandering Aramean, he promises that he will be his God, although he's just now meeting this God. He makes all these promises to God, and they are unilateral promises. He's saying, God's saying, I am going to do this for you, Abram. I am going to do this for you. For those who curse you, I'm going to curse them. For those who bless you, I'm going to bless them. Not, 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 not precipitated by what Abram is going to do, because Abram's going to go along the way and fail God plenty of times. But God is faithful. God is faithful. That is good news to you and me, because... We are not, right? The definition we're using today for faithfulness is true to your commitments. And we see that if there is anyone who is faithful, it is God. God promises to Abram that he will make him a nation and a people. He promises that he will be their God. And he promises to continue to be faithful even when Abram is not, and Abram is not faithful. The people of God, chosen by him, are not faithful. Even though they're not an important people, although they're not a strong people, or they're not a particularly righteous people, God has chosen them and is faithful to them. And so we see their history is continually God calling them to himself as they go and seek after other gods. They, They seek after their own and God continues to love them and be faithful to them in their unfaithfulness. Last week we saw in the Book of Ezekiel that, that there is this promise after a lifetime, of generation after generation of unfaithfulness, that God is going to do something new, that He is going to place His spirit in the hearts of His people. Whereas they had hearts of stone. As they had the rules to follow, but they didn't follow themselves, Uh, they were going to have a new heart. There was going to be a new day that was coming, and it's when Jesus comes. And so we see, even in the early part of Luke, as as Mary sings this song, she is realizing in the Magnificat that what was promised in Ezekiel is happening right now. But this is a, a new day, a new wind is blowing across the earth. God has now come in the flesh, and God is going to send his spirit to come and live in his people. It's a new day. And with that, we are now going to have the very spirit of God living and breathing inside us, working his His way through our lives. In theology, um, our youth studied this some months back, that there are communicable and incommunicable traits of God. These are, incommunicable means we don't share in them. Communicable means we share in them. This faithfulness is a thing that we can share to a degree, right? We we can be faithful. We we have, there are things in our life that we are faithful to do, right? But God is supremely faithful. He does not waver. And so when the Spirit of God now lives within us, Galatians chapter 5, we are now going to have traits that look like God. We are going to have love that looks like God's and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness in our lives that reflects Him. I tell you, it, it got so bad, right, in the Old Testament. We comes to the book of Hosea. If you know the book of Hosea, everyone goes, Oh. Because in Hosea, God calls his prophet to live the life of the spiritual reality of Israel and their God and to marry a harlot who continues in her harlotry and says, I want you, Hosea, to continue to pursue this woman even though she's still a harlot. And everyone goes, Ugh! How worse could that, how how terrible can that be? But it is God saying, I am faithful. I am faithful. And so God continues to pursue us, and that's the good news. Our God is faithful. And now because the Spirit of God is living within us, faithfulness becomes our brand, our mark. So among Christians, you should expect, You should expect us to be true to our commitments. What are our commitments? Well, in in all relationships, first of all, our our commitments that belong to God. As we take vows of holiness when we come to him, as we come, we take vows of service, we should be faithful to those things. You know, when when we we see villages come to faith, there are immediate things that they see in their lives that need to change. Whether it's uh, the way that they uh, treat children, or, or their their wives, or, or way that they maybe they kill other people, um, or maybe it's the, the things that uh, the uh, the different the different like things that they are they're sending within their community, and and they. They have been known to take vows. They say, I'm no longer going to do that. Isn't that what we're called to, right? We do the same thing. When we come to Christ, we say, I, dead is the old man, dead is the old woman, I, I'm alive to Christ. I, I'm no longer going to do those things that I used to do. Yes, do you have those in your life? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like when I came to Christ, I said, no more am I going to do this. But now my life is going to be like this. I'm, I'm going to give up the, the stuff I'm doing on Saturday nights. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give up uh, the lying. I'm gonna give up uh, the sleeping around. I'm gonna give up no more. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have a vow of holiness and righteousness. And so, brothers and sisters, how are you doing? How are you doing on your vows? When we come to Christ, we have vows of, of service, of furthering the kingdom. Whether we spoke them or not, we look in scriptures, and they say now it is incumbent on us as people of God to further the kingdom of God. Are we discipling? Are we evangelizing? Are we, are we faithful in missions and and either sending or going? Are we faithful in caring for the poor? Are we faithful in loving? Are we faithful in forgiving? Are you a faithful servant of God? How are you doing? Our our faithfulness, our brand of faithfulness, our mark of faithfulness extends to our God, but it also extends out this way as well. Like that's what we are known for, for being people who are true to our commitments. To our spouses, we, we have certain commitments that we make, right, as we stand at the altar for marriage and we make certain vows to, to have and to hold from this day forward, uh, to, to be faithful and, and pure, to be to have fidelity between us in marriage, but to care for each other even in the good times and the bad times and rich, richness and poorness, those become our commitments. But our commitments don't are not limited to just that, but also the, the commitments that God has on us in Ephesians chapter 5, the, for husbands to love their wives and willing to give their lives for their wives, for their wives to submit and support their husbands. When I was uh, growing up, my, uh, many of you know, my, my grandparents lived not very far away from me, so I was about a mile, just far enough to ride your bicycle in the 90s, I mean the 80s, yeah. Still ride your bicycle a mile. And uh, so I would go over to their house and, and hang out with them. And um, my, my grandmother had uh, dementia, and she was always sick. Since, since I could ever remember, she was always sick with something. And so, uh, you know, those years were really difficult as a grandmother. Uh, Sweetest lady. Granny was the sweetest lady. But when, with dementia, she would, uh, you know, forget things. Or she'd become really agitated at my grandfather for things he didn't even do. Or uh, she would forget things and blame them on him. And so there was often like this discord uh, that was there. But to watch my grandfather just so graciously love her and care for her and at night pray with her and, and kiss her on the cheek. You could hear it in the other room. A big smooch on the cheek right before they went to bed. It, more than just being not having another woman, right? My grandfather was a, was a faithful husband. Faithful. Fulfilling all all the commitments expressed at the altar, but also found in God's word. How about at work? Do we have the, the mark of faithfulness as employees? So there, there are, there's a job description when we work at many places. So you, you look at the job description, there's certain things that you are supposed to fulfill... Uh, in order to, to please your employer, to, to move the agenda of the business. But there are also those things that are unwritten, like, uh, like show up on time. Like don't, don't, don't take the office products home with you, right? Don't waste time. Stay, you know, 30 minutes on your phone is not helpful to our business. Those unwritten things. So the mark of those who... Have the spirit of God living with them Is they're true to their commitments. They are faithful. How about church membership? Are you a faithful church member? When, when, we, uh, when we have our new members class, we have a covenant we work through. Are you, are you uh, encouraging and securing the unity of the church? Are you regularly attending? Are you regularly giving? Are you regularly serving? Are you promoting the growth and the ministries of the church? Faithful church membership. Are you a, a faithful son or daughter? Are you little guys, are you doing the chores at home that you're supposed to do? And parents are, parents are trying not to look at them and stare with them, the Holy Spirit stare. Are you doing what's asked of you in your schoolwork? The organ music plays, bom, bom, bom. So young people, are you faithful sons and daughters adults are you faithful sons and daughters to your parents who are, are getting older are you caring for them in their loneliness and their are you caring for them in the midst of their sickness are you uh, are you faithful with your friends You know, we don't, we don't have the same commitments to everyone. There are certain relationships that require certain commitments. I, as, as a husband, I'm not responsible for putting my life down for every woman, just Wendy, right? I, I have certain friends that I have certain commitments to that I need to check up with and, and care for and be there in their times of, of trouble. I can't be there for everyone but God has called me to be a friend. Called you to be a friend, and a friend is someone who is willing to speak the truth too, right? Willing to be honest. Are you a faithful friend? So now I hope to depress you, as we look through those long enough, and you go, "Oh, that's too much," right? Like as you started thinking about those, like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm failing a little there, a little there, a little there." <laughs> Somebody can give me a ha, amen. So you know, he's called us to something that is beyond ourselves. That's why he's given us the Holy Spirit. This is the good news. Like He did not come to leave us or forsake us. God is faithful. And He lives within us. And He is there to help us accomplish these things to the glory of His name. Because as we carry the brand of faithfulness, we carry the brand of God. And in Hebrews chapter 12, and you know Hebrews chapter 11 is this this hall of faith or hall of fame of those who were faithful through all generations. In the Old Testament, we we see in chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, because there have been people who have been faithful in front of us. There are people to point to and say, look, look at, look at Daniel, who who is in this, he was in exile in Babylon, but he's found to be faithful and a great servant in the kingdom so that he's raised up higher than anybody else. Although he is faithful to the king, he's first and foremost faithful to God. So look at the story of Daniel, look at, look at uh, Abram, follow his example, those who are faithful. Even Samson, although he was a stinker of a man, he is faithful to his commitments to God. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is before us. When we talk about faithfulness, It is assumed that there will be opposition to our faithfulness. But faithfulness faithfulness is the glory that steps out of the shadows. Let us look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. We look towards Jesus The founder, the one who started it all, and also the one who perfects our faith. Are you feeling weak today? Are you feeling like you haven't done enough? Have you been unfaithful? Look to Jesus. He endured it all. But he's also our strength, our perfecter. Faithfulness is a grace of God. It's a gift of God. Ask him, Lord, help me. Help me to be a a faithful follower of you. Help me to be a faithful church member. Help me to be a faithful husband, faithful wife. Help me to be a faithful son, faithful daughter. Lord, help me. Help me be a faithful employee, a faithful friend. And the Spirit of God who works in us will will and work to his good pleasure and to his glory. Let's pray. Lord, we're thankful for um, your continued work and your enduring steadfast faithfulness to us.